Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I've had a lot of garlic today. I've had more garlic today in my diet than Italy. Um, who wants a winch? This week, Forest Fire and James's treble move Celtic closer to one of their own. Jozo plays Russian roulette with his place in the team for the visit of Senate St. Petersburg. All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Tims. Hello and welcome to episode 126 of 20 Minute Tims. I'm joined as usual by my co-hosts Melly and Stephen. Hello. 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 Um, you recovered, Stephen, from your your illness, your twenty four hour virus. Just about, yeah. Dogging it, Melly. Just dog, <laughs> just, just dogged the pod. A hangover. Um, Celtic looked hungover when they were playing Partick Thistle. Quality link there. Did you so like that? Yeah. That's why I am paid zero bucks. <laughs> um, the uh, Melly, Stephen, did you make that performance? First ten minutes smashing downhill from there. Ah, you're James right. Forrest three, Jozo two. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'm looking it, it was a game of two halves and the, the first half was ten minutes long and the second half was eighty minutes long. Quite unusual in that sense. It's a, it was I quite enjoyed the game up until they scored. I thought James Forrest was on fire. Oh tremendous. Uh, that's his first hat trick for us. And I can believe that. Well obviously I can believe it because it's true. But at the time I thought it was I think that's not only his first hat trick, that's one of his best games for us. Aye, absolutely, and now I think that's him on 16 for the season. It is. Making that a third of his goals have come this season. A third of his overall Celtic goals is it? from eight seasons have all come this season. Well, 2011-12 was James Forrest's previous best melee with nine goals, so he's, he's definitely upped it from last season. He has, he's added that to his game. He's get, it's not just goals like you normally associate with Forrest when he comes inside and scores, but some of them are poachers' goals, so mm. he's obviously something he's been working on in training to be another attacker when the ball's coming from the other side whether it be Tierney or Sinclair so Sinclair got a lot of goals from the same positions last yeah. year it's good to get it from that side as well I suppose you can look at it two ways with his, his record prior to this season yes this is his best by far mm. well by a country male and still quite a bit of the season to go but if you actually look at his record I see a lot of threes and fours and twos and all that in there and that's I know he was a bit younger then but he's to be honest I would I would expect so now, 10 to 13 goals. So what you're, saying, what you're saying to this point is he's not really pulled his weight as much as he could have up until this point. At various points, yeah, I would, I would actually say Is that. this him fulfilling his potential is it to put a positive spin on it? This, this? season, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, Melly, what did you think of the performances overall, though? Because it's another one where there's a lot of people sort of moaning on Twitter and, you know, I watched it and I kind of thought, it's not that, it wasn't that bad a performance, give or take two howling mistakes no well, that's it Over the first 10 minutes you're thinking this could be anything they want mm. but then as soon as we give away the goal 
it gets a bit panicking. It was fine up to the goal. The goal was just a complete mistake. That was the only reason they scored. It wasn't through Fissle doing anything yeah. good. But as soon as the goal went in, we just got shaky again. And we just really needed to get to half-time. And then after half-time, we get the goal. But again, another poor goal to give away. And it just looks shaky from the goalkeeper to the defence to midfield and the striker. They just don't look confident when they let in a goal. But we'll get on that. But let's talk through. Let's talk more about James's performance. Coming in for the right, you could tell he was right up for it right away. Yeah. And that's the second time in recent weeks, well, since the breaking game, that he scored in under two minutes. Yeah. Fasso actually did slightly better than breaking in this occasion because they touched the ball <laughs> before this going in. But that was, I mean, there was a minute on the clock when Jozo gave away his first terrible pass. That was straight to a Fasso midfielder. But 20 seconds later, the ball's in the back of the net for Celtic. So it just shows you how fast they were working to get it back. Forrest, if he has a good start to the game, he usually goes on to have a hmm. really good game and as soon as he gets his goal, he's flying after that. I think after he got two, there was absolutely no doubt in my mind oh, that he was going yeah, to get a yeah. trick, especially that early on. First one, it just breaks to him. It's a good poacher's goal, but again, just desperate for Musa to get that goal just for himself. Good touch for Musa to take it away. Great touch. He was like a smashing block and the ball just falls to him. But the second goal, it's all Forrest. It's absolutely brilliant play from a guy who... I'm not the biggest fan of, but when he's on form like this, you just wish he could do it week in, week out. That's what's frustrating about him. We know there's performances like this, but maybe on Thursday he'll go into hiding. Hiding might be harsh, but he might not have the best game. So hopefully he continues on this. In fairness, I think... That goal, as much as it was brilliant from Forrest, it's terrible defending oh, from Thistle to be yeah, honest. I mean, yeah. that's five aside stuff from them. It was that just kind of backing off, backing yeah, off. Yeah, like, it was that kind of like you're trying to get the ball off somebody in fives, but you don't want to slide tackle them because everybody's got work in the morning. So you just sort of, <laughs> you just sort of stick a foot in, yeah. and they just backed off and backed off. He could, have, I mean, he could have picked his spot in the end. We were really cutting through Partick Thistle at will in, in the opening stages. We were, and it looked like it could have been anything. We just looked comfortable on the ball. Everybody was past the ball. There was nobody you're thinking, come on, up the, up the ante here. But as soon as they got the goal, shocking from Simonovic, absolute. That is worse than five or six we'll stuff than schoolboy stuff. We'll go on to Jozo. Still want to give James Forrest the credit here. I want to hear all, all Almost three hat trick after yeah. a couple of minutes after his second one with that, that shot we've spoken about several times yeah. this season, the cutting off the right, coming on his left and aiming for that far post. Looking back on it, it wasn't as good an effort as it looked initially. It looked like it was a really good save, but it was kind of a tame effort. It was heading for the bottom corner, but it was kind of easy for the yeah. keeper to get to. Even the, the last one again, he's he's in the centre of the box, in where the striker should be, comes in from left, and it's a great turn and finish. It, 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 you're right, it was it was very similar to Sinclair, what Sinclair used to do, as in come in off the left and make, like, pick up advanced sort of number nine, ten positions, and James Forrest was doing that with great effect. Sinclair was heavily involved in that goal, even yeah. when he was completely anonymous the rest of the game, it has to be said, but he and Tierney linked up quite well for once in that game and Forrest was in the kind of inside left channel maybe Sinclair is suffering a wee bit from a lack of confidence because if when you watch the goal again I've seen it at the stadium more players go and celebrate with Sinclair than they do mm. with Forrest mm. when the goal goes in so maybe he is just playing through a, a bad spell and he's trying to get his confidence well, it's a great ball through from Tierney perfect cut back and it's, it's a good team goal but for the team to go to the guy that sets it up yeah. when it's it's not anything outstanding it maybe shows he's down well, in confidence on Sinclair I mean we've on here we've made excuses and tried to defend the likes of or made allowances rather than excuses for the likes of Lustig and Scott Brown at times 
who have been playing through injuries just sort of sort of under the radar yeah. really no, not everyone knows about it but Roger said the same about Sinclair recently oh, they? they're right. managing an injury at the moment so it seems it seems harsh they just constantly go on about him but well, that, just... well I didn't yeah I didn't know that and you would and that sort of makes sense in as much as he's not as available no. in games as it, as he usually has been he's not that attacking threat and and, and you know I'll let him off he's got a sick no, <laughs> that's absolutely fine at the start of the season we thought we had the four wingers, so we had a bit more freedom to maybe drop players and bring other players mm. in. But with Roberts' injury, Hayes' injury, it's been stop-start all season for the whole team. And it's sort of meant you need to play your best players like Lustig, like Sinclair. Even if it means they're not doing too well, we need these players on the park to try and get the result first and foremost. So maybe that plays a part in it. So now that we've given James Forrest due credit, Melly, I know you're choking, we can move on to the defence. <laughs> the defence which Brendan Rodgers actually singled out, you know, he gave James Forrest the credit, but the most of his post-match interview was about how poor the defence performed. It was poor. I mean, Jojo's is just lack of concentration, mm. lack of awareness around him. But also, as soon as he'd done it, he started pointing at his ears. So there was obviously no communication from the goalkeeper. Yeah, right. And he's looking at the goalkeeper. At the same time, though. I mean, uh, it's all yeah. his fault. It's right. all his fault. He cannot blame anybody else. But if he's not getting shouts, well, he should take the responsibility. But it was a good finish, to be fair to the guy. What Doolan's finish was oh, great. It was lovely, yeah. And, and it, it took was... it so early that De Vries didn't have a chance to set himself. But, but another thing I'll say about the Jozo... It wasn't a bad decision. Like the pass back was on. It was just poorly executed. No, very poorly executed. It was just it was poorly executed. I've tried to back up various people recently. Boyata was getting stuck for his passing and I said, Well, that's because Armstrong keeps showing for it and then hiding for yeah. the ball and Boyata's given it away. And Jack Henry's debut, he did that a couple of times where he, he brought the ball forward, tried to pass it in Cham, who wasn't making himself available mm. and giving the ball away. That's fine, but the, the ultimate responsibility still yeah. rests with the guy who yeah. played the bad pass. As much as that was a you know, a bad that was a terrible decision that it directly led to a goal. Brendan Rogers didn't really single that moment out. Brendan Rogers sort of made the point that we need to be better without the ball in defence, you know, with regards to positioning and tracking back and all that. What, what do you think or who do you think he was singling out there, Melly? It's hard to say. I mean, from my point of view, every time there's a cross, De Vries doesn't look comfortable at all. He mm. does not look comfortable and I don't feel comfortable watching him. I don't I think that then reverbs onto the defence and then that'll go on to the rest of the team. If you're not confident in your back line, it shows in the rest of the team. And I think it's just Lustig's been out injured, Jozo's playing through poor form, Azure's come in, done a good job I think, but he's still rough. He's only come in through necessity. Yeah. And Tierney... And he's he's still getting a Brexit pronunciation of his yeah. name off you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tierney's been okay, but not as good as last season. So it's just the whole back four back five isn't really working as a unit right now do you know what the best thing I've just gone back to Forrest for a minute the best thing I can think of to say about Forrest is that do you know what James Forrest is he's in form and having a good season and that's there's not that many you can point to no there's not that many people in that squad who can put their hands up and say the same thing he's a guy in form and you look at you've just rattled off a lot of players there who just haven't necessarily had the greatest of seasons like Lustig like Simonovic and James Forrest, I mean, you can't you can't fault him at There's all. There's only two or three players that Brown, Cham, probably. Hmm. No, even he's up and down, yeah. yeah exactly. he, there's not a lot of players on form, whereas last season we had 14 at some points. 
yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can see that there's a massive drop off. Do you think maybe I, I suffered the wrath of Twitter for this, and I know I'm going to do it on this podcast? I think maybe his comment about being better without the ball was maybe letting Christopher Ayer know that you know he's a defender now and he's not necessarily a midfielder. Ayer seems to get. I'm making this a personal, personal beef. Agenda, uh, he, he seems to get a lot of credit for for dribbling the ball and moving out of defence with the ball, but I, I do think Ayer lacks at the back. Now, don't get me wrong; everyone else is playing so poorly that Ayer deserves his place. But I, I just don't think he's the he's the solution in there. He may not be the solution, but currently he's the best player mm, yeah, in aye. there. And that says more about the other guys than I think it probably says about him. Exactly. That's 10 games he's been in. There's been six clean sheets in that time since we get absolutely pummeled by hearts. So he has made a difference. He's been the, the constant in there. He's the best of what we got, we've got. we got right now. Only a year he's been playing at centre-half, so it's not like it's Boyata where you think he's never going to get rid of those mistakes. Mm. Azure can come in. He does what he does. Just wants taking the ball out. It's maybe the rest of the old school sort of defending that he needs to work on. That can be worked on. I've so thistled, thistle away quite recently. He was I terrible in that yeah, game. Yeah, he was terrible. Like, I can't really, other than that though, I can't really think of many bad games he's actually had. You'd expect that for a boy of his yeah. age. You're not going to, not every player's liked to you in the way you put him in. Put it this way if, if Christopher Azure was, say, Tony Ralston at centre half and he'd played the way he played. I think you'd give him more leeway because he's came through the Celtic than he is a foreign. I, I think all in. I'm doing is I'm reacting to one the poll that we had recently on our own Twitter account that said he's the best defender at the club, and I'm well, also rea- stands out because it was well he wasn't in yeah, the team he had yeah. barely and played. I, and I think all I'm doing is I, I'm just reacting to try and temper this notion that like people are raving about him at the moment as if. He's a, he's a great player and all I'm saying is he's no I mean he's he's not the best in the air he doesn't really do a lot I of ta- he's fine in there he doesn't do a lot of tackling he's a defensive positioning especially in that part of this away game you know he was at sixes and sevens a lot of the time and crosses were coming in and strikers were running off him and again this is who's he been in with Boyata would you trust him no Simonovic clearly can't trust him Recently, his keepers changed behind him. He's not had Lustig beside him, so there's, he's had no experience beside him. He's a boy that's not played at centre half since what last January we went on loan to Kilmarnock. So he's having to get himself through games rather than be helped through games by maybe compare beside him, Lustig the other side, and Gordon behind him. That was probably the plan, but with the injuries to the three of them, it's not happened. Tierney quite rightly got credit for a game saving. Yeah, tackle right at yeah. the end. But in fairness, Ayer had one as well around the hour mark. Sinclair gave the ball away fairly badly on the left, and uh, Spittle, I think it was, got mm-hmm. forward, and Ayer got there and blocked him. That was a, a really good chance for them. How much? Uh, how much did he put? The first goal was obviously all Jozo. Second goal, that was all Jozo. Yes, too. it was. <laughs> that was all Jozo. It was. Well, it was Jozo who gave the ball away in the first place with an absolutely reckless ball into the midfield in the first place. It then broke to him, and he was ragdolled. By Connor Salmon, who's on fire then? Yeah, I mean he, he scored in the last game against Celtic. That, that pe- albeit a penalty, but I mean he's obviously well, he's got his problems. Oh, he's. I mean, I've he's seen a, he's a ward, He's built like a wardrobe. He is a vanilla gorilla. <laughs> he is a vanilla gorilla from Farhalla. But he's, he, I've seen people criticising Jozo for being outmuscled by Connor Salmon. But I mean, the guy will pick you up and do what he wants. The guy's absolutely enormous. He's busting at his top, but. I mean, football is about finding a way around that. Though. Yes. I mean, Jozo I should should be savvy enough. To his position yeah. should have been better. He should be savvy enough to find a way around that, so he's not getting bundled off the ball by some of that. So, 
but no, he really struggled in this game. It wasn't just the two goals as well, because his passing was pretty hopeless all day. There was one moment in the first half where, in fairness to him, Masonda gave him an absolutely terrible ball from about the halfway line, and he controlled it and just about got a touch on it to win a throw-in of someone. But it was just one of those shaky games. You could see it in his face because the, the crowd turned on him at that point. It was not long after the first goal. You could see the nerves really creeping in. We forget as well, he is fairly young guy, yeah. what's he? Yeah, 24, 24 maybe he is a young guy these games happen but we just need it that's it it's done now and we need to go to Zenit and hope pray everything we need everything that <laughs> yeah. this does not happen again so we progressed from Partick Thistle um, and we drew Morton hmm. in the quarter final of the cup if anybody's interested the weekend of the 3rd and 4th of March is when those ties take place um, do you remember the last time we met Morton in the cup 2016 same round of the Scottish Cup oh yeah uh, and obviously they put Neil Lennon's team out in 2013. Oh, it's nice to see Peter Lowell's influence and in, in the SFA paying the paying balls versus, in the draw and all yeah. that. Did yeah. you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear Peter Lowell's interview on mm, yeah. Sports It was good. He goes, Tom English sort of goes, I can't do an Irish accent, but I'll try one. So no, <laughs> he goes, can you name the, can you name the people that's like that little mix in Jamaican? Um, you know, who do you think was who do you think was doing a bad job at the SFA? And Peter Law goes, ah, well, I'm, I'm not going to name names on that one. I'm paraphrasing. So Tom English goes, who do you think is doing a good job? And he goes on to name four guys and leaves out two, mm, right. <laughs> purely by inference that those guys are absolutely useless. Zenit. Oh Jesus. <laughs> I was on a. Let's a, just cut it there, shall we? Oh Jesus! I was on a renowned Celtic forum today. Just get a, just get a wee taste, a wee feel of what people think, what the fans are thinking for Zenit. Still, people out there saying play up front and do them. I'm right, terrified okay. of that. I'm, I'm terrified of. A, well, not terrified. I'm just worried. There's a weird feeling around this game. It, it seems to me, just my perception of it, is that there's absolutely no expectations going into this whatsoever. It's lower than I can remember it being. I think that's just because of the, the general form just now. Yeah. We didn't have a good December. We were promised that it was going to be much better in January after that after that break. Transfer really, window didn't yeah, really help. The transfer window came to nothing, really. Encouraging game against Hearts, but other than that, it's been it's been a bit sort of drab and awful. I mean, we, we are... Well, we are pretty worried about Zenit. The bookies aren't. I mean, the bookies have got Celtic at 74 mm. to win and they've got Zenit at 64. So as far as the bookies are concerned, it's peachy. although if, if you think they're going to lose an opportunity for them to make some, <laughs> yeah. to make some money. I, I think people are worried, Stephen, because of partly our European form as well. Mm. You yeah. know, we, we, we came out of Europe mainly with a bit of a whimper. That last uh, The last game, you're really hoping we can go on, get some home form back. We haven't got that at all. The form domestically is not great. The transfer window probably didn't go as well as we'd hoped. And Zenit may be on a break just now, but they're a really, really good team. Frighteningly good. Well, yeah. it's impossible to analyse their form as it is because mm. they, they haven't played since December. They're 11th, I think it is. Yeah, but well, they've not played competitively, yeah, but yeah, as, yeah. as we know, you know, they've played, I think, eight. This team has eight friendlies they've yeah, played. Like that, yeah. Scored 20 goals. And, and I mean, these friendlies weren't against useless teams. It was against like... Copenhagen and Maribor and, and that one Red Chinese yeah. that one Chinese team everybody knows yeah the, the big one yeah. Everglades or whatever um, the ones that were in for Morelos the ones <laughs> for Morelos um, and, and they won most of those friendly games so they've been keeping yeah. themselves sharp it's not like they've been on their holidays they have this bad thing that's called a 
strong defence and a good attack. Yeah, what is it? The best, the best defence in Russia, or yeah, one of the best. Yeah, conceded and, thirteen goals all season. Yeah, yeah, and one of the best attacks. I think it was the third best attack in Russia. Well, they were the top goal scorers in the whole Europa League for the group stages. Yeah, have got goals everywhere, and we have got diddies everywhere. Is it Rigoni? <laughs> is that the player up front that they use? And he's the top goal scorer in the Europa League. Is That's that him? Kukorin. Rigoni is it is, it was the big signing of the summer. I think he's an Argentinian winger. Yeah, he plays. He plays on the right, but he's left footed. What stands out about him is that he scored a hat-trick against Rosenborg in the mm. Europa League, who were Celtic's um, opponents earlier this season. They beat them 3-1 and drew one each away with them. Now, that's maybe a decent gauge, because I was going to say that Celtic don't necessarily need to win at home because they managed to survive the Rosenborg game yeah. and then snatch it away. But what I would say about that is Zenit are clearly a better team than Rosenborg, as is evidenced by the results yeah. against each other. Zenit score a lot of goals. Yeah. They are a, like they're a dangerous team. They play 4-3-3. Um, the three attackers have got up front are absolutely tremendous. Um, they've got a midfielder who seems to be quite influential in everything they do. Paredes. Aye, from Roma. Mm. And if we, we're in here for a real tough game, and you touched on it, Melly, as far as I'm concerned, we need that, we need that Celtic that blazing in all cylinders we need the, the shackles to come off if, if we want to get by them I remember when we were going to play in the semi-final that oh god awful semi-final against the Huns in Ronnie Dyler's last season mm. where we thought right they'll turn up this time it's very unusual for teams that haven't been playing well just to turn up but can I stop you there because do you know who gives me hope in this game our man Ronnie and that performance against Inter Milan because we turned up in, in that game uh, we didn't get through ultimately but we weren't playing well and it was the same same sort of position wasn't it it was last 16 in the Europa yeah, League last bit of two last the manager last of that day Roberto Mancini was he? yes well, uh, Zen- even more Zen- Petersburg manager destiny actually I met the scout for Zenit who was mm. going to watch Celtic on Saturday and he thought Celtic would beat them at home and I called him a mug <laughs> but he's uh, he's fairly confident that Celtic would get a result against them and then but they would take them back to Russia and they've got a chance there so he's not he's not too confident are you revealing Russian secrets on this podcast I know any idea that the danger you're putting us in I, I might <laughs> be back next season <laughs> How would you um, how would you line up, Stephen? What's your potential formation here oh, for God. Celtic? I mean, is there? It's probably, as I said before, it's probably a case for Kowasi to come in oh, yeah, because I've, he's the only guy who's played extensively in Russia. But maybe then is there, is there a, a case for McGregor as well because he's someone no. who can come in and, and keep things tight and disciplined in the midfield. I can tell you, I can tell you the team right now. You want to hear it? it? You want to hear it? Melly, I'll, By all means. I'll say, and I, I bet you'll agree, we're playing Devries. Yes, unfortunately. Uh, we're playing Lustig. Yes, unfortunately. We're playing Jozo. Yes, unfortunately. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. <coughs> we're playing Ayer and Tierney. We're playing Kwasi and Brown. Yep. We're playing in Cham. Yes. We're playing Sinclair, Forrest and Dembele. Oh, yes. <laughs> Gets it. That's, that's what we need to do. That's the best team. Uh, team's flexible. It gives us that protection in midfield. Gives Cham a bit more freedom. Masonda didn't have another great game against Thistle. I thought he was okay. Yeah, he's, great. He's, yeah. good. he's fine on the ball, he just yeah. needs a chance. And due to Jozo's ineptitude, <laughs> Rogic didn't get on the pitch for any minutes because Thistle brought it back to 3-2 mm-hmm. and tonight's under-20s game was also cancelled so he will have no competitive football at all before... Zenit, so looks like a bench for him. McGregor came on, didn't really affect no. the game against Thistle, so 
I'd go with the same team as you and pray to God. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's pray to God, pray to God, Stephen. I think we need to make sure we're well organised. We're playing a, at the end of the day, we're playing a dangerous team. Yeah, but they're not. They're not a. A Paris Saint-Germain We're not going to go out no. there and, and get absolutely battered They're probably on par With Anderlecht Well having seen Their performance At Celtic Park recently That yeah. doesn't That doesn't exactly Fill me with confidence no, no. either They're, they're a, a good team They're a, definitely a good team With quality right throughout the team Their captain is Crescito Who used to play for Juventus Italian international mm. They've got guys Floating around the squad Two ex-Chelsea players uh, Zhirkov and Branislav Ivanovic Who a few years ago was part of one of the best defences in Europe. I don't mm-hmm. know if he plays much now, nowadays. He's getting on a bit, but he's still good enough to play against play against Celtic. So it, it's it's going to be extremely tough. It's a strange one because I can't remember the expectations being so low, as, as I said earlier. And any time we've gone into a European game really confident has been a lesson in the last couple yeah. of seasons. I'm thinking of Munch and Gladbach and, and Anderlecht at home. So it's, it's a hard one to call. Musonda... I don't know. Is he is he going to feel aggrieved that he's he's not going to make the starting lineup? He's after the fanfare that welcomed him. Jack Henry, I know he, it was unfortunate. I assume he was cup tied against yeah. Partick Thistle, right? So it was unfortunate he couldn't have got him another game that, before that, this. That's infuriating, but mm. because as we said last week, we could have got that boy in the first day of the January yeah. window. Yeah, went to Dubai, got blended in, met the squad. And then he's free for the whole Scottish Cup run. Now he can't play against Thistle. Thistle. And now we might have to throw him in because one of our other defenders wasn't good enough in the Thistle game. Crisis of confidence. Uh, If you're going to throw throw Hendry in, I think you're throwing him in at the expense of Ayer. No, I'd throw him at the expense of Jozo. No, I mean, that is... I mean, I know Jozo had a poor game, but, you know, Hendry... Well, Hendry and Jozo are roughly about the same age, aren't they? They've been they? the same year at school, to I, be honest. Dad just like Jozo more because he's foreign. Probably. Is that what that comes down to? I, um, I don't know. I mean, I it's a call. You know, Hendry, Hendry might play, but like you said, coming in late in the window and not having an awful lot of time to train with his teammates, I mean, Brendan Rodgers said he was happy, but I, I don't know necessarily if he was happy at that particular thing. It has been suggested in various quarters that Brendan Rodgers is sort of Inwardly upset that Aye. Jack Henry wasn't on the plane for Dubai because that that is needless. I mean, I know that it's a little bit of brinkmanship towards the end of the window. Mm-hmm. You can try and knock a few quid mm-hmm. off transfer fees, but that's not what Rogers is interested Dun- in. He wants Dun- his team. Dundee ended up getting Stephen Colker. Now, if I choose mm-hmm. at the beginning of the window, who would you rather, Stephen Colker or Jack Henry? Oh, I mean, that, if we had run that poll on Twitter without knowing what we do now that Colker was going to stand for Dundee, it would have been a landslide in favour of Colker. I'm happy at Jack Henry though. I mean, oh, yeah, 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 it's, it's a good signing. That, that's why it's even more infuriating. I mean, get him in. See if he, he said when Compa came in, he wanted one or two before he we went away to Dubai. So he got Lewis Morgan. He obviously got loaned back. But see if he signed Jack Henry on the first day of the window. It just stops all the rumours about us going for £5 million defenders. Hmm. And it stops you being disappointed when eventually it is Jack Henry coming in deadline day because you think... Or maybe they mustn't have got somebody else. We tried for others, and this is the backup. Get him in the first day. That's the first yeah. choice, and that's it over and done with. And that would have been a very useful period to have him in in, in Dubai because it would have increased his opportunity of playing play, playing yeah. in this game. But as it is, it probably doesn't look like he'll play. Um, I think mainly the lineup that you and I agreed on probably gives us the best chance because it covers the danger areas of Zenit that we've spoken about. It puts our best players on the pitch, and. I think our best chance of progressing this tie is keep it tight at Parkhead um, and then go over and try and damage them away from home. That being said, you know, I'd, I'd back us to score against anyone at Celtic Park. I always back us. 
I'm nervous just now, I'm not confident, but I know as soon as I get to the game and you see the crowd that they're there for the taking, but they're good on the counter-attack and we don't seem to deal with that well and I just worry that De Vries could have a howler this game. I don't know why, I just think that he's going to have a shocker. Uh, well, I there's, there's a likelihood of someone pulling an absolute shocker. It seems like every week someone in the Celtic squad has a really poor game. Well, defence is, is nothing... It's. It's nothing to get confident about going into a game of this magnitude, but neither, to be perfectly honest, is the attack. Dembele isn't by any means finding an all cylinders. Just, just needs games, the poor guy. It's really only James Forrest that's, yeah. that's doing anything at that end of the pitch just now. Just on Zenit, who is the only player to have scored in the Manchester, Liverpool and Glasgow derbies? Hmm. Oh, that's on the tip of my tongue, Melly. You've got to get this one. Glasgow, Liverpool and, and Manchester. Manchester derbies. So... I'll give you the clubs it's Manchester. Yeah, oh. Andre Kanchelskis. He was asked his opinion on this game because you know <laughs> because you know Russian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um he thinks Celtic are gonna win Does he? this game. But uh, Gary O'Connor thinks Celtic are gonna they've got a chance, but it's gonna be really intimidating over there and intense because they're super racist. Um so that's <laughs> they are so racist. Oh, they're the most racist <laughs> ever. But that's two former players of extremely questionable repute yeah. who have given their opinion on this game in the Scottish press <laughs> Celtic's uh, record against Russian teams is actually pretty good they've only lost one game I'm sure so mm, yeah. played six won three drew two and lost one did uh, the Kinchevskis play in Russia? probably did at some did, point did he? Uh, Gary, Gary um, O'Connor did you know what his favourite thing about Russia was? <laughs> The snow. A <laughs> <laughs> big skier. He loved to ski. Loved winter sports. Um, St. Johnson is the next game. Hmm. Having a right old tough time of it. Last time we played St. Johnson, we did advise Tommy Wright to leave that sinking ship. He's not taking our advice. No. Uh, so the ship continues to sink. They haven't won in the league since winning at Ibrox. T- oh, well, yes. in, um, in the middle of December, I think that was. I think they've, they've lost... Four or five on the bounce in the league. They beat. They won in the cup. They beat Albion Rovers. I think it was four now. But other than that, they are playing extremely poorly. However, did get a draw the last time they were at Celtic Park this season yeah. in August. Do you know what would solve all their problems? Anthony Stokes. Hmm. They can't score goals. Anthony Stokes a free agent. They, they they might as well take a chance on him. That's but, shocking. That guy makes so many mistakes and gets so many chances I, I was just shocked by how much time he spent at Celtic despite being pretty rubbish <laughs> um, infuriating player uh, as well oh. oh he was infuriating how many times watching Anthony Stokes Melly did we spot that he was trying to score almost every time he took a corner <laughs> every, every single time he was trying to get it under the bar um, anyway enough about him Charlie Adam did that the weekend he tried to score from a corner because he had just missed a penalty <laughs> is he still kicking a ball yeah incredible enough. Very well. he was um, involved in one of these these involved in one of these ill-fated fights over a penalty and yeah. they're always missed he always missed those if he fights so he missed the penalty tried to slide it in the defender got in front of him went out for a corner and he shot from the corner remember he spent he spent almost an entire season shooting from the halfway line because yeah. he'd done it already once <laughs> European games followed by a tough league game do you think this could pose any problems? there'll be rotation I'm sure mm, Thursday, yeah. Sunday we will obviously fly out to Russia the following week. St Johnston shouldn't pose any problems. No. You can bring in Edward, maybe Ralston's back training, hopefully some game time for Rogic, yeah, Roberts perhaps. So uh, plenty of options. We should be okay against St Johnston. We need to win because the Celtic Forum I was on earlier on, I'll just say it's Kerrydale Street. Mm. You know, it's Street. They keep like a running total of how this league season is 
in relation to the league seasons from right. I think it's the past 18 years mm-hmm. so at game 26 of this season we're actually fourth from bottom is that right? Uh, at this stage last uh, of the season but I'm going to ask you who, what season do you think occupied the top two spaces so after match 26 which two seasons did we have the most points? must be oh, O'Neill 2004 was it when we blazed 25 games in a row or something? are you going 4-5 milli or 3-4 because I'm going to have to press you for this 4-5 no it was 3-4 oh. <laughs> and then obviously oh it was the season after Seville that's yeah. it and obviously 2016-17 occupied the two oh, yeah. top spots so we really need to return to, to winning ways I was going to say you could maybe afford to take a hit on on this game with you know potential Euro hangover hashtag Euro yeah. hangover, but really we can't. To be it's Aberdeen away after that. Yeah, so we need, need to start picking up form and need to get wins under the belt. But St Johnson, they're they're only six points off relegation at the moment, so it's it's been a very poor season for them considering how well they did last. I mean, for us as, as we sit right now, we are eight points ahead of Aberdeen. So mm. if St Johnson were to pick up anything, and listen, we're not going to pick up anything, but should Aberdeen keep winning and we start to drop points, we might find ourselves in that Ronnie Dyla-esque t- title race. That's cool. As soon as we go to play them, they'll shit the bed. Aye, as they always do. Right. Um, we've reached any other business point of the podcast and we've actually got a listener question this is from Thomas Hanlon he says a point for you to cover on the next pod so that's this one in the last three games there have been 58 fills versus Celtic in response to Levine does Celtic not get enough protection from the referees so I think what he's saying is we tend to get an awful lot of fills put against us should the referees be doing more Stephen to protect Celtic well I suppose it is it throws up several questions that because if Celtic are getting a lot of fills given they're being granted a lot of fouls yeah. a lot of free kicks it means the refs are doing something so you would need to sort of measure that up versus the severity of the, the fouls versus cards and things like that so there's it, a lot of variables isn't there there's yeah. a lot to take into account what's refs, your, sorry Mel what's your impression just be watching the game though do you feel like we're on the, the, the receiving end of a lot of fouls as as compared to the amount of fouls we dish out we definitely are we always seem to get a lot of fouls against us but it always seems to be the ref waits for so many before he books somebody yeah. whether it be the guy's second attempt third attempt see if he early on one two fouls one if you book a guy that's it stopped they can't go about changing over who fouls who same Guardiola's complaining about a lot of Man City it seems to be the better you are the more fouls you got they think oh well you're the better team you should be able to deal with it yeah. it's not really how football's meant to work is and it? I think there is an element of you know you know, Celtic are the better team. Uh, we can let a few refills go. Melly touched on something last week, Stephen, that I thought was quite correct. Other teams tend to go out with a game plan to spread their fills about. So one guy's a kick, then another guy, then over the course of the eight minutes. Whereas our fills tends to be Scott Brown absolutely clattering somebody <laughs> yeah. and getting booked for it once. Yeah, I, to be honest, I think that's probably harder to organise than it sounds to say, right, spread the fouls out. It is, I mean, how do you how do you organise your formation in a, in a way that goes... Don't go, do it like that. I just you think... You see on the pitch, it was him, so the next time it goes in... I yeah, make, pe- make people aware. I think I went back and... I don't, I don't think... I definitely did go back and do some stats on this one. And in the last three games, um, Celtic have had 58 fouls against them, mm-hmm. which have resulted in eight bookings. And Aberdeen have had 37 fills against them, which resulted in seven bookings. So what that could tell you, if you wanted to slice the pie one way, was you have to commit more fills against Celtic right. before you're getting the cards. Yeah. Um, but I, I just don't think there's... I think, yeah, referees could always do more to protect players. I think, especially Celtic's flair players, like Musonda in the last two games, I think, has come in for special attention. But, I mean, overall, I think referees are just 
pretty pretty useless. Where Celtic differ from Aberdeen is that Celtic have an awful lot more of the ball than, than Aberdeen do on a on a kind of general basis. Yeah. Now having more of the ball means that your opposition spends more time trying to get that ball off you. The more attempts trying to get the ball off you, the more yeah. likely yeah, you are yeah. to foul. People depend on the quality of the team. So I mean I'd like to, I'd probably compare Celtic to other strongly dominant forces rather than Aberdeen and I, I just looked into some, some teams across Europe and three games is a is a very small sample size yeah. it has to be said but in the last three games Barcelona have had 44 fouls against them to Celtic's 58 PSG 43 Man City only 31 so, so Celtic are way out ahead of the, the so, other, we, so we are getting yeah. so that was sure we're getting on I think Tommy has to be happy with that answer because that is the <laughs> yeah. most well-researched thing we have ever done on on, on twenty minute terms. In that it was researched at all. Yeah, and yeah. that it was researched at all. I actually had a calculator at my desk at work today, totting <laughs> up fills. Um, and that brings this episode of twenty minute terms to an end. However, there is something we need to make mention to. Um, it was a sad passing of Liam Miller this week, who died at the age of thirty-six, which is absolutely tragic. Um, we normally cover sort of happy things in this podcast. Uh, it seems a bit unusual for us to be covering this, but. The guy deserves a mention. This, yeah, th- exactly. This isn't really the place for it, to yeah. be perfectly honest. There's not really, we can't possibly do it justice to just how terrible this is. And actually, recently we were lucky enough to speak to one of his former teammates who spoke about him in glowing terms. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with his illness or, and this, and this was before he, he died. He spoke about him in glowing terms, how good a player he was and how just how great a guy he was. And it seems to be across the board, this Aye. feeling. The, the, guy, the guy loved the dream. Celtic, Man U, played in Australia, played in America. Um, and all we can say is, mainly, our thoughts are with his friends and family this time. There's, it's a real tragedy. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange feeling because it's the first sort of player you've grew up watching that's passed away. 36 is nothing. He's only a few years older than me. Well, a lot of great memories of the guy. So The last time I actually saw him play in the flesh was for Man United in a friendly against Clyde so he was on the pitch with like Van Nistelrooy <laughs> and Ronaldo and Bruni yeah but uh, I mean a real shame and as I said our thoughts are with Lee Miller's friends and family at this time well they're still putting the pressure on watch Hudson lays it on well here's Liam Miller deadly cool and Celtic a two up he took that well beautifully measured header there and the youngster puts it away Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. 
Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.